Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning, why work so hard to barely be squeezing life in? So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder, and happy 2023, y'all. I cannot believe we are already into a new year. I hope that you had an incredibly happy holiday season, that you were safe, that you are ready to go for the new year. And to help you out with that, I wanted to bring to you some of the big lessons that I learned last year. I think it's important for all of us to do a kind of a download for the year at the end of the year or the beginning of a new year to kind of do a look back. And I've talked about this before in previous episodes. So if you haven't listened to the episode where I talked about this and gave you the questions to ask yourself, you may want to go after you listen to today's episode and listen to it because it's really helpful for effective goal planning and also so that you can really learn the most that you absolutely can from your experiences. So at the end of every year, at the beginning of the year, I happen to do it usually the last week of every year. I recommend you do a look back. And when I was looking back and celebrating my successes and also looking very honestly at kind of the areas of growth, the challenges that I faced, the failures, the mistakes that were made, all of that, I really became very clear (laughs) on the lessons that I learned and what I wanted to take away from the year. And so I wanted to share that with you today in the hopes that it helps you as well. So let's just dive right into it. Lesson number one for me this past year was remember to check in with yourself regularly. So even us coaches, I think there's this myth out there that people think, well, you're a coach. You already know all this. Well, I know, what I know doesn't mean I do all the time, right? I'm a human being like everybody else. And frankly, this is why coaches exist for other people. Like coaches have coaches. Oftentimes, I do have an online business coach that I work with upon occasion. I have been in masterminds. And the reason for that is because they can help me get out of my own head. They can help me check in with the things that I need to for my business. And what became apparent to me this last year was the need to check in with myself also on a personal level, from a habit perspective. Because even when you create really great habits, it's sometimes easy to get out of it. I mean, how many times have you, you know, maybe started working out or, Uh, started eating really healthy, and you go for a long time, maybe three, six, 12, or more months, and then something happens that kind of throws a wrench into the system, and you get out of habit, and it's hard to get back into it. And it's even harder if you're not really intentional about it, because our brain loves to go back to the really old habits. Those old, old habits are still kind of ingrained within us. And unless we're intentional about getting back on track, it can be really hard. 
what I realized in a couple of areas for me is I needed, as I was kind of winding up my year, my last quarter, to do a couple of things that I used to do practically on a daily basis, certainly on an every weekday basis. I like to get up and work out and after my workout, do a bit of a meditation and then do some scripture reading. I'm a Christian, y'all, and some prayer. And for a long time, I did all of those things religiously. And then I got out of the working out part or I got a little more haphazard with my working out, but I kept the other things up for the most part. Well, at the beginning of this year, I decided that the workout routine that I had been doing, and I've actually written about this, and I think I put this in a recent newsletter as well, but the workout routine that I'd been insisting on doing that was more fun for me wasn't as effective as it could have been. And so at the beginning of this year, I got really serious about trying to figure out what will work for my body and doing that. And that was great. I got into that habit again. And I really pushed myself harder and I was doing super hard workouts and I was really proud of myself. But in doing that, over the course of the first six months of this year, I started getting out of the other portion of my routine, the meditation, the prayer of the scripture reading. As the year went on and I got into my last, the last quarter of 2022, I started to realize, wow, I really haven't been doing this and I miss it. And Not only do I miss it, but I kind of need it because what that routine does for me is it helps me kind of listen in to that inner voice that sometimes I don't hear when things get really busy, when I'm go, 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 when I'm always, you know, looking at my to-do list and checking things off and working with clients and getting out there to do my online marketing and LinkedIn networking and all the things that I do for my business behind the scenes in addition to working with clients. It's busy. And then also in my role as a mom and a wife and trying to be there for my boys, they're very baseball crazy. They have a crazy schedule from a school and baseball perspective. I need time and space. And that meditation time is that for me. And same with the prayer and the reflection on the prayer, because it's that time where I only need about 15 to 20 minutes total for all of that. But it's that time where I let my mind just kind of go free. It's where new thoughts come to mind. It's where creative ideas get born. And I wasn't giving myself that. And I was feeling a bit stagnant and stale. And so I started to realize this towards the end of 2022 and started to get it back in. But I still wasn't as regular because I wasn't forcing myself to check in like weekly and do a weekly review. And so as I looked back at my year, I realized that probably the biggest mistake that I was making wasn't the daily, but the weekly review, the check-in, the look back on the week, review what I did and didn't do, see what my habits were, and recommit to the week ahead and figure out how to plan for that. And I just started to do that again the last couple of weeks, and it has been pretty amazing (laughs) because what that helps me do is to actually get real with myself about where I'm not keeping up with the things that I want and need for myself, recommit to them, and then stay on track. It helps me to do the daily things. And so I'm getting back into that habit and it's reinvigorating me. It's re-energizing me. Not that I was like totally out of energy, but it I didn't realize 
where I was lacking until you started to gain it. Kind of like when you get sick, you think you're getting better, you start to feel better and you push yourself and then you realize, ooh, no, I'm really tired and I still don't feel 100%. But then once you do feel 100%, you're like, wow, I have energy. Kind of the same thing. I didn't realize how much I was lacking until I started getting back into that rhythm the last couple of weeks. And so that is you know, one of the big lessons I take away from this last year, the need to check in. And I like checking in on a weekly basis. And what I mean by this is checking in with yourself, not just on your big goals, but with you on, okay, what has been going on my last week? What do I need? Where have I fallen down on my own habits? What do I want to do about it? What do I recommit to this next week? And it Sounds like a lot, but it takes like a minute to truly do that, maybe two, right? To just quickly do it. And I do this every Sunday night or Monday morning, usually Sunday night, unless there's something big going on with the family, in which case it waits till Monday morning. But it's a habit that I'm getting back into, and I absolutely love it and recommend it for you as well. So that was lesson number one. Let's move on to lesson number two. Lesson number two was to remember to keep it simple. So one would think that I would have done this. And you know what? I think this relates to the not checking in piece as well. So I have also talked before about I don't do New Year's resolutions. I'm big on goal setting. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. And I can link to the episodes where I talk about why and what I do instead. But what I do is set a theme for the year. A theme based on, I usually do take a night where I put together a big vision board and I just pick images and words and phrases that really speak to me in that moment for, as I think on the year ahead based on what I've learned the past year. And this I do before I even goal set. And as I put that vision board together, a theme comes to mind. And my theme for the for 2022, which I'm potentially bringing into 2023. I'm actually debating on whether it's going to be that or something else. Um, It's narrowed down to two and I'll make that decision in the next week or so. But my theme for 2022 is simplicity, to keep things simple. I have a habit, like I think a lot of us high achievers do, of kind of getting into a groove and then thinking, oh, well, I can go do this now or I can add on here or, you know, Bright shiny object syndrome is part of it, but part of it is just thinking I need to push myself harder and harder. And instead of pushing, like doubling down in the areas what's working, I tend to add on new things, which sometimes is good. Sometimes that is necessary. But in my experience, oftentimes it's not. It overcomplicates things. And I'm definitely one of those people who tends to overcomplicate my actions and what I need to do. And I was really good, really the first half of this year of keeping things simple for the most part, because again, I have a business coach that helps me uh, stay accountable to my goals and my action items. But I, as I kind of got off of working with her for a while and just wanted to keep going kind of on my own for a while, which was probably mistake number one, I have rehired her (laughs) and I'm going to be working with her again this year. Um to help keep me accountable to the things I really need to be doing and to stay on track. That's probably the biggest reason why I need coaching is to help me stay on track because yes, like everybody else, I can get off track and think I can do it all and I can't. Well, this past year, I started getting, you know, a little more into, okay, well, this is working great. 
Now let's add on. And I didn't need to add on. And so for example, one of my big goals for this past year was to grow my podcast. And I wanted to grow my podcast by guesting on other people's podcasts and then also finding more guests. And so season two was all about expanding. Season one, I only had a couple of guests the whole year. Season two, I had usually at least two guests per month. And I'm going to continue that into season three, I think, because I really love the dynamics of interviews and what can be learned from other people and their stories and their insights. And so we're going to keep going when season three starts, which isn't for a couple more months. But in season three, we will keep going with half guests, half me. Now, truth be told, the reason for podcast growth is twofold. Number one, I do want to reach more people. There are only so many people I can work with one-to-one, and frankly, only so many people I can work with within a mastermind. And so the podcast is one way to, yes, reach more people because I can only work with so many people, but it's also a way to grow my own book of business, right? So people sometimes reach out to me because they listen and they think, hey, Heather can help me and I like her style and I think I'd love to work with her. And so they reach out to me around working together, either one-to-one or through the mastermind. So that's one of the reasons for my podcast. I'm sure you figured this out by now, right? It is a growth, a business growth strategy, a marketing strategy to get known and be found. The other side to that was being interviewed on other people's podcasts, which I did, but I didn't actually lean into that enough. Instead of keeping things simple the way I really wanted to, I started thinking, well, what about speaking? I'm pretty good at it, and having a podcast gets me out there more, and so I thought, oh, well, I'll just add speaking to the mix too. I'll start reaching out more for speaking opportunities. And FYI, I'm always available to speak. Like people reach out to me individually as well. And that's great. That's like easy, (laughs) right? But me reaching out to them is more time consuming. And although that can be very lucrative and it can be very successful and it was a way I grew my kind of early business back before the pandemic hit, it hasn't been something I've done a lot of. And I thought, (laughs) me being the naive person that I am, oh, well, this will be easy. I've done it before. It's not all that different than reaching out for podcasts. I'll just add it to the mix. Well, here's what happened. It started taking up a lot more of my time. And yes, I could hire an assistant to do some of it. But in all honesty, the people who reach out to me, um, the assistants who reach out to me on behalf of people to be podcast guests, very few of them actually do a very good job. (laughs) Just going to be honest. There are a couple that have been amazing, but most of them really haven't been very good. And so I'm a little leery of hiring somebody to do that. And that would take more time for me to go find the right person, interview them, give them a chance, keep up with them, make sure they're doing it right. And so I was doing it myself because also I know where best I fit, what would be the best topics and all of that. But it was super time consuming. And what it did is it took away from my ability to reach out to other podcasts to become a guest on their show, which was one of my main strategies for growing my podcast. And so partway through the year, I realized, you know what? I've made this way more complicated. I added yet another strategy that I didn't really have time for. I got away from one of the main strategies that had been working. That was easy, that I kind of had it down, and I'm trying to do too much. 
what I learned from that is it's just so easy to think, well, I've done this before. This isn't that different than what I've been doing. And so I can do this too. And sometimes that is true. But in this case, it was not. And so I needed to recalibrate. And I did. I reminded myself, okay, Heather, you meant to keep things simple. Simplicity was the key for the year. So it's time to step back and look at your original goals. Ensure that's what you want. The answer was yes. Grow my podcast, big goal for the year. It's time to double down on the two strategies that have been working, one of which you would let go of, one of which you've not been doing as good of a job on either, and let go of the speaking. Speaking will be there in the future. People are still reaching out to you. People still find you through the podcast. And by the way, podcast growth will help with that too. And so I had to remind myself I couldn't do it all. And it's really funny, y'all, because this is what I help my clients with the most. I am really good at identifying the best one, two, or three strategies that other people can use and keep things simple and how to hone in on that and let go of all the other stuff that they could be doing, but they just don't have time for, and then keeping them accountable and on track to that. That's what coaches do, right? They keep you accountable. They keep you on track. They help you not like get off and try to do too many things or get distracted by bright, shiny objects and help you to keep things super simple. And that's a lot of what I do for my business clients, especially. Isn't it funny how what we are strong at when we're looking at other people and helping other people, how we fall down when it comes to ourselves. And I think that just goes to show you that we all, we all need help from time to time, even (laughs) yours truly. In fact, I definitely do. And so simplicity was a huge theme for me this past year. And this just goes to show you the need, again, to check in, not just individually, not just from a habit standpoint. Yes, obviously, I needed that too. That was lesson number one. But the need to also regularly check in and say, okay, here are my goals. Here are my original strategies. How's it going? Have I taken on too much? Where can I simplify? And a reminder to you too to keep it super simple because funny thing that halfway through the year when I made this decision to drop reaching out for the speaking stuff and to double down on the podcast, my podcast started growing because I was focusing on the strategies that I had predetermined were the best ones for me to fit my current schedule, that fit my strengths that I knew would work if I was just consistent with it. And so, yes, I met my metrics by the end of the year of where I wanted to be. And I got some other speaking opportunities as well because people reached out to me. So, no, did I get as many as I would have had I reached out to other people more, you know, often? No, but that's okay because that wasn't my big goal. And I can always add that on later as the podcast continues to grow and gets to the size where I can let go a little bit on some of these other strategies. So that was lesson number two. Check in and keep it super simple. You don't have to do everything. You just need to be consistent with a couple of strategies that work to achieve the goal you've actually set for yourself. Lesson number three is a lesson that I learned a long time ago when growing my book of business. And I've mentioned it here before, but it's something that apparently I needed to learn for my new business too. And that is that networking is one of the best ways to grow 
service business. So back when I practiced law, I've talked about this before. I made partner in 2008, right before the market crashed, the financial crisis happened. And I was a finance attorney, y'all. So the book of, small book of business that I made partner with was gone before the end of the year. I mean, halfway through the year. By the end of the year, it was very apparent it would not be coming back anytime soon, if ever. And in fact, all of those clients that I had had moved on to other things and never really hired attorneys like me in what they did, um, what they ended up doing later on. So it was gone. I had to pivot my practice and build from scratch. And I built to a million and then beyond to over two and a half million, primarily through networking. I mean, I'd say 90% of it was through networking. And I learned the lesson of how important relationship building and building trust and being authentically you is to attracting not just clients, but really amazing, great clients, people who are drawn to you because of you, which means they're a good fit for you, right? They're the type of people you probably would like to serve and work with, and especially when things are really stressful and you're working towards a common goal that's really difficult and you have to work long hours and all of that. And so I learned the importance of networking. And it's something that I try to help my clients with. Like you have to network. You have to. Now, when I built this business, one would think that I would have learned that. And I did know. I knew networking was key. And I started with local networking because that made the most sense. These were the people I knew that were the easiest to reach were the people here in Dallas, Texas. And then I broadened out into other parts of Texas. But when I started to really, um, I started this podcast and I started to really, you know, um, expand my business more into the online world, for whatever reason, I kind of forgot about networking because I never thought of online networking as a real thing. Well, 2022 showed me I was wrong. (laughs) Online networking is a thing. It's really important. I heard this over and over and over again from my coach, from other entrepreneurs and online marketers and coaches who were successful. And yet I never really truly believed it because for me, I've talked about this, I think before, connection is a really big piece to who I am. I love to connect with people like on a very individualized one-on-one basis. And I never thought I could truly do that online, that it needed to be done in in in-person networking events, right? And that I could do that with my clients once I brought them in because you get to know them over time and I meet with them regularly. But how do you do that online? Well, I I finally figured out how. And I'll be honest, I don't remember exactly. I think it was through my on my marketing and sales coach, like a seed that she planted early on in 2022 that I didn't remember until third quarter of this year. But it kind of, I got this epiphany in the third quarter where I realized, you know, I have all these online connections on LinkedIn. For those of you who are on LinkedIn, I mean, look at the number of connections you have. How many of those people do you really know? Like we accept, we say yes all the time to connections, right? And then they go into what I call the black hole of connection of LinkedIn connections, which is they go, you know, you connect, you might say hello, and then nothing. And unless you've worked with them or know them personally or have met them at an in-person event and continue to see them at in-person local events, 
a couple of months, maybe even less time goes by and you have no clue why you ever connected to, to them in the first place. Like what was it that made you want to connect with them? And you you know nothing about them. You know nothing about what they do. It, it's just, it's the black hole of LinkedIn connections, right? And I thought, well, what's the point? What's the point of doing this if I don't know more about these people? If I don't know more about who they are, what's important to them, how I might be able to help them, how they could help me, right? That's the point of networking is to get to know people and to connect them with other people, to ask them to connect you with somebody, to help them out when they need it, right? Otherwise, why are we all connected to one another? And so I decided to start what I like to call coffee chats for anybody out there who is connected to me on LinkedIn. You may have already received an invitation from me in your messages, in a direct message, for a coffee chat. All this is, is an invitation to get on Zoom for 20 to 25 minutes to get to know one another, to find out who you are, what you do, what's important to you, what you might be struggling with, how I could help you, and vice versa, by the way. And it has been so flipping amazing. I cannot even tell you. And by the way, I just started this third quarter. I went pretty heavy into it in um, October and then early November. And I didn't do it again because we got sick in the Mulder household. We all got a flu-like non-flu illness and non-COVID a week and a half before Thanksgiving. We started to feel better the week of Thanksgiving and then got the flu the Saturday after Thanksgiving that lasted for like a good 10 days. And then the holidays hit. And so I haven't really been able to follow up because a lot of people are out and it's really hard right now. And so I will be reinstituting this in January. And all I do is I spend about 30 minutes per day during the weekdays, one week out of each month. That's what I do. One week out of each month, 30 minutes per day. I connect to people. I kind of spend different times connecting with new connections that I think might be interesting and valuable to me and me to them. And then as soon as I'm connected with new people, I ask for a coffee chat. Hey, how about we get to know one another better so that we can figure out how we can best help one another, network with one another, et cetera, and not go into the LinkedIn black hole. I would say 20 to 25% of the people I've sent these invites to have taken me up on it. So if you've gotten one of these, if you are connected to me and you've gotten one of these and you haven't taken me up on it, please do. I would love to get to know more about you and vice versa and figure out how we can help one another out. These are zero sales calls. There is nothing worse, y'all, than I cannot stand it when I connect with somebody and the first message I get is obviously a sales. These are not sales calls. There's nothing like I'm not no intention of selling. It's funny because some of these people have become my clients, but it's not because I've wanted it. You know, I just want to get to know you better and figure out how I can serve you. And so here are the results. Oh, and by the way, if we are connected and you have not yet gotten a coffee chat, number one, feel free to reach out to me for one because I'm happy to send it to you. And number two, I am connected to a lot of people. So I've been having to slowly go back in time. So I just started with my most recent connections and I'm moving backwards from there. So if we've been connected for a really long time, you probably haven't gotten one yet, but I'm going to keep doing this into 2023 because this has been so valuable and I've loved connecting with people in this way. So do expect to receive one in the future. Okay. So the results as of 
this time. I have 10 to 12 new podcast ideas from the conversations I've had. I actually got two new clients. These were not because I was selling to them. It was just natural conversations. And they were like, you know, I'm actually in the market. I'm looking for somebody. Let's talk. And so, of course, then I I talked to them about what I can do for them and how I might be able to help them if they ask me, but only if they ask me. I've got two others who have expressed an interest in potentially becoming clients in the coming months that I do need to follow up with and haven't, unfortunately, lately because we've been so sick and then the holidays, but I will be following back up with you if that is you in January. I have a number of amazing people that have given me, you know, not just ideas for podcasts, but are actually going to be guests, five new podcast guests just from Coffee Chats that I'm super excited to be sharing with you. And in fact, you are going to meet all of these people very, very soon. So I cannot wait because the insights and the information that I'm getting from some of these wonderful people is just It was so great that I knew I had to share it with you. So, hey, note to you, if we're connected on LinkedIn and we get a coffee chat, you might end up a guest on the Life & Law podcast. And then I have met a wealth of other people who are just interesting, insightful, and are great connections to have. And in fact, several of them have said, hey, you need to meet so-and-so. And I've actually told a few people, oh my gosh, you need to meet a few people. And I've connected them to other people that will help them with whatever it was that they wanted help with. And so it's just been, I think, re-energizing. It, it reaffirmed how much I love connecting with people and showed me how to connect with people online. Now, I don't know how you translate this. It depends. You know, you may be a lawyer in private practice or you may be an in-house lawyer. And so maybe, you know, you reaching out for numerous coffee chats doesn't make sense. But what I do think that this shows is how important networking really is to your professional growth and development. Because not only have I gotten clients out of this, have I gotten, you know, uh, great new podcast guests, but I've gotten some valuable relationships and friendships that you never know where they're going to lead. And I've also gotten a lot of amazing insight from these people. I learn from my clients. I also learn from other people. We all learn from one another. And so I've gotten some great insights as well for my own growth and development and for my own business growth and development as well. So the key here is where could you network? more effectively? How could you make via in-person networking or online networking? The one tip I would give you is make it targeted. Like there are definitely people I'm connected to that asked me to connect because they want to sell to me. And some of those people actually know I'm not interested in hiring them, at least right now, maybe one day. Um, Some of them I think could still be valuable connections, even though I don't know that I'll ever hire them. And so I kept them, but I have have been very targeted about the people that I want to connect with in that realm because some of them are just a bit sleazy salesy. And I've also been cleaning up and will continue to clean up my connections. So the people who that's all they seem to know how to do, I'm cutting out. I'm disconnecting with them because what's the point of, um, I'm not big on that type of selling or marketing and I don't really want to be connected to people who that's all they that's all they do and that's all they know. Moral of the story, make sure you're networking. You will grow from it. You will gain insight from it. And you never know how it will help you, but I promise it will. 
Okay, so that was lesson number three. Let's move on to lesson number four. <laughs> lesson number four was do it anyway. I had a whole, uh, I think it was all the way back in like June or July, I had a video that I posted about do it anyway. And this is kind of one of the mantras, the themes that I have to remind myself of often, because there are things that sometimes we have to do, especially if we are trying to grow a business, that are uncomfortable, that don't feel good. And frankly, even if you're not trying to grow a business, like you could be in-house and need to speak to somebody about something, maybe to a colleague or somebody you lead that needs some conversation around their style, right? Or maybe you need to bring up a tough topic with your boss. Like, there's a lot of things that we need to be doing that we avoid, that we don't like doing because they're uncomfortable. And I say to you, think through it, step back and think, okay, why does this need to get done? Remind yourself of why and then do it anyway. Yes, you can put some planning into the how to ensure that you're doing it in a respectful and careful and caring manner. But it's still important to do the tough things. So for me personally, one of the reasons I wanted to grow the podcast was so that I could grow my newsletter list, right? So people who listen to the podcast sometimes download my materials, they get my weekly newsletter. And through the podcast, through my newsletter, and through my social media, I was hoping to fill my mastermind. Now again, my mastermind is for a attorneys in private practice, and other service professionals who are trying to grow their business, grow their teams. They're in a growth mode. Before this past year, the only way I was able to fill my mastermind, because I didn't have a big enough audience on social media or through the podcast or through my newsletter either before that, was to make phone calls, like cold calling and emailing people that I knew that I thought could use it. And then if they did, couldn't use it, could they refer somebody to me? And that was really hard. And I just got to say it sucked. I do not like it. I don't like it. But you got to start somewhere, right? And I didn't want to have to do that again this last year. I was hoping to grow the podcast enough, to grow my newsletter enough, and to go grow my social media following enough where I could just post stuff and talk about it in my newsletter and not have to reach out individually. And I got to say, I definitely saw some results. I gained several of my new mastermind members that way. People I had no idea who they were. I didn't know they were listeners. They found me online or through the podcast, and that was awesome. But I did still have to reach out to some people because, and these are very small pods that I put together. Um, For those of you, you may or may not know this, but in the online space, the word mastermind is used a lot. And it's often used for groups of 10 to 20 people, which frankly, I think is ridiculous. I don't think it's very effective to get 10, 15, 20 people together and try to quote unquote mastermind. And the mastermind, the whole idea behind a mastermind is to get a small group of people who can come bring to the table one issue or something that they're struggling with, put it to the group and get feedback and help. And it just gives you better brainstorming, it helps you with more creative thinking, and it helps you to solve problems and move on and stay accountable to yourself, you know, very quickly. 
But it doesn't work when there's 20 people online because then you're barely ever going to talk, right? That or you're going to spend an entire day online together, which nobody wants. And lawyers are pretty busy people. So I have yet to be able to figure out a way to do this in more than about 90 minutes. My group meetings are 90 minutes long. And there are three to four attorneys plus me, and that gives everybody an opportunity to bring something to the table and have a space to talk about it and get feedback. And so I needed to find at least one more member by reaching out, and I had to do that. And (laughs) I was so devastated when I had, like, came to terms with, Heather, you're gonna have to do this again. The funny thing was, is I already had two members, so I only needed one to two more. So it was actually less of it than I'd ever done before. Instead of looking at it from the bright side, I looked at it from the negative initially. And I eventually had to just convince myself, do it anyway. You've got to do it. You know these two people who you found are amazing. You want to serve them. They need somebody else. And you got to find that right person. Because again, you got to have the right fit of people. You got to interview people. You got to make sure they have similar goals, they have similar personalities, and they have differing strengths that they can help one another with. And so it is a bit time consuming, and reaching out actually does make sense in that sense because I thought of somebody in particular who I thought, oh my gosh, she would be perfect. And I had no idea if she would be interested. Lucky for me, she was. This is my message to you there is probably something that you put off, that you don't want to do. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's asking for business, like proactively going there and just say, hey, how is it that we can start working together? Or how can I get more business from you? Maybe it's having a tough conversation with a colleague who needs to know something important about how they come across when they speak to people. There's all kinds of things, right? Conversations and things that we put off things that we refuse to do because they're super uncomfortable. I am here to tell you, do it anyway. You won't get better at it if you don't. You won't get the result you want if you don't. And I I will tell you this, the more you do it, it may never become 100% comfortable, but the less uncomfortable it will become. And the more okay you will be with pushing against your discomfort, which is incredible incredibly important for creating the results you want in your business and life. We have to get uncomfortable to create those results. We have to do things that are unknown. We don't know what the result will be that are new, that people might judge us for. You just do. It's part of life. Do it anyway. Okay, so that was lesson number four. One more lesson, y'all. And then we're done. And this one is a huge one. I've talked before about self-care. I even have a couple of resources, which I will post in the show notes in case you're interested, to help people simplify self-care. That's where the simplification comes in yet again, right? I personally believe that we tend to overcomplicate self-care. We think it's time-consuming. We think it's selfish. We think, and we think of it as, well, very time-consuming things. Spending a lot of time exercising, sleeping, which does take time, spending a lot of time going to the spa to give ourselves a spa day, spending a lot of time, you know, making healthy meals. And I'm not saying those things aren't self-care because they are, but it's simpler than that. 
at the end of the day. Self-care is the thing you need in any given moment to be well. And when I say be well, I mean mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically, all of the above, spiritually, okay? To be well. To be well. To be yourself. Your best self. And I actually needed a reminder of that. So I mentioned earlier that the Mulder household was pretty sick for the most of November and into the beginning of December. Three of the four of us at any given time were sick for about a four and a half week period. And I unfortunately was in that group most of that time. It was pretty bad. It was very flu-like symptoms both times. One of them was the flu. One of them technically wasn't, but it felt a lot like the flu. And I tried to work. I tried to serve clients. I tried to do marketing, but I just couldn't. And I stopped myself that second day and said, Heather, what do you need to be well? And obviously, I was not going to get better immediately, right? I needed rest. I needed to get in bed. I needed some chicken soup. I needed tea, hot tea. I needed to just do nothing, to do nothing, and to push things off and to be okay with it. And that's hard, y'all. And you're probably thinking, well, it's easier for you because you own your own business. Well, (laughs) yes and no. No, I don't have to report to a firm anymore. But um, if I push people off, I mean, that, that gets hard. And here's what really happened. Not only did I have to reschedule a bunch of client meetings, but I had to reschedule a bunch of coffee chats. I had to reschedule numerous podcast interviews, and I had to keep rescheduling. There's a couple of people I had to reschedule like three times because the cough that I got was horrific, and I could not record for weeks after I got better. Once upon a time, I would have felt really bad about that, and I actually kind of did at first, but I had to tell myself, no, no, this is an act of self-care. Self-care is simply doing what you need to do to be well and be your best. And if that means rescheduling meetings, if that means taking a week or two to lay in bed and do nothing but watch old movies and drink hot tea and eat chicken noodle soup, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It can be very simple and it is very simple. And a lot of it really is a mindset shift around the point of self-care, what self-care is, and then you get to a point where it doesn't have to be all about just exercise and eating healthy. And yes, it can be, but here's the really interesting thing. When you shift your mentality and you accept that you have a right and you deserve to be your best for yourself and for other people, That's what I needed to remind myself. I needed to be my best so that I could be a good mom to my kids, so that I could fully recover, so that I could be a good wife to my husband, so that I could fully recover for that too, so that I could be a really good coach to my clients, so I could show up fully and be present and there for them, all of that, but also so that I could be there fully for myself to feel and be well myself. You have a right for that too. That's what self-care is. When you shift your mentality around it, it does become simpler because every day you make small little decisions that get you there. 
and it helps you to check in on a daily basis. So the reminder of a lesson that I needed was to keep self-care simple and just do it. Do what I needed. Give myself permission to be well, not just for other people, but for myself too. Okay. So those are the five lessons that I learned in 2022 that I wanted to share with you today. I hope you got a lot out of it. What I would say to you is if this resonates with you, if this is something that you want yourself this year to give yourself the gift of giving yourself permission to be your best, not just so that you can be the best lawyer, not just so you can be the best parent, not just so you can be the best spouse, not just so you can be the best friend, not just so you can be the best for other people, but so that you can be the best for you, I would invite you to schedule a breakthrough call with me. I am going to be soon implementing a wait list because I only have so many spots available. But I, if you are interested in speaking about working together and getting the help you need to be your best, whatever that may be, whether it be a self-leadership mindset shift and you need inside-out success coaching or whether you really want to take your business to the next level and you want to not just get the internal coaching, but also the strategy and the coaching around how to grow your business in a way where you don't burn out, then let's chat. I will put a link to how to schedule that session with me in the show notes. That is it for today. We will be talking again next week. Bye for now. Are you tired of barely squeezing life in thinking, shouldn't there be more to life than this? Do you want to get to the next level, but without losing yourself in the process? Are you ready to start thinking and doing differently so that you can stop doing the same things over and over and over, hoping for a different result? If any of this speaks to you and you're ready to do something about it, starting now, book a call with me to find out how I can help. Go to lifeandlawpodcast.com forward slash free call.